0: You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Lumber 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. As always, you can call 069-66200 or you can text or WhatsApp 87 or you can email myself, patrick102fm at gmail.com and I'll answer any questions you might have. And the first question we have today is from a listener in Newcastle West. And they were asking um, about Sky Glass. What is Sky Glass? They've heard about it and they just wanted to know a bit more about what it is. And you know, to be honest with you, I didn't know a lot about it myself. I just heard it was a TV that they were, uh, Sky were selling a TV or something. So I said I'd look it up. Um, and I suppose it's a thing that's becoming more popular nowadays, you know, like Amazon apple and others are selling tv selling tvs with their kind of software built in you know you can even get tvs of course with android software but that's that's a different that's just giving you an operating system this is more of their kind of um their subscription service is built in so uh, and i suppose to a certain extent uh you know the the likes of amazon uh having the tvs you know, uh, they're hoping that you're going to sign up for Amazon Prime as well and Alexa uh, and things like that use the Alexa um, assistant with it and same with the ones with Google built in. But I think to a lesser extent, they're more of an operating system that you can install whatever you want on uh, rather than uh, uh, Amazon would be as well to a certain extent. But I suppose they they gear it towards hoping that you'll sign up for their – there, of course, Google don't have a streaming service, but uh, well, they have YouTube and things like that, but they don't have a, a subscription platform like Netflix-style kind of one, I suppose. But uh, I, I suppose, Sky got in, inspired by things like that, and they they launched their own kind of. Um, TV it's pretty much a TV with a Sky box built into it pretty much and I I I'll just read a little bit about it because I only know a kind of a periphery so I looked up an article about it uh, it's on Pocket uh, Sky Glass is a device and service from Sky that launched on the 18th of October 21 unlike the company's flagship product Sky Q which requires a satellite dish and separate Sky Q box uh, that you can connect to your TV Sky Glass combines everything into a single internet connected television also there's no is there no antennas no satellite dish it's just true internet uh so here's everything you need to know about Sky Glass including what it is wh- how what it offers and how much and how much it costs from uh, apart from uh, that's different from Sky Q uh, Sky Glass is a TV that Sky services uh, has Sky services built into it um Sky calls it the smarter TV and with it you can stream every channel show and show and app over Wi-Fi show and app over Wi-Fi that doesn't sound right uh, there's no need for satellite dish no need for a separate box uh, and no need for a separate TV either um, instead sky glass is designed to as the entire package merging your various viewing sources like um, TV Netflix Disney and other streaming platforms into one seamless interface uh, so you have all that stuff in there as well uh, so I wonder, is the operating what is the operating system then? Is it like a Sky operating system with that stuff built into it for the TV? Or I presume it would need more for say if you plug in a memory stick or something uh, like if you plug a memory stick into the Skybox, I don't think you can play media off it. And things can you? Uh, so would it have that kind of, or plug in an external, uh, well, I suppose you can use skyboxes to play it through as well. I remember years ago we had the VCR playing through the skybox or so. Uh, well, that was just a pass through, I suppose, rather than having it running through the operating system. So, um, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Let's see. Uh, the TV is carbon neutral and it features squared edges, uh, and an aluminum build with a color coded, uh, stand. It also features a VESA wall mount integrated into the TV design. There are five colors available, black, ocean blue, uh, racing green, dusty pink, ceramic white, uh, and all come with a color coordinated remote control. What's the, oh, uh, anthracite black it's called. What are the specs? Uh, Skyglass comes in three size options, 43, 55, and 65 inches. There's a quantum dot LED panel, uh, so it's not OLED, but it's uh, QLED. Um, running the show, running the show with a zoned full array backlight. Uh, it offers, so it's not side lit; it's fully backlit, so that's pretty good. Uh, it offers a 4K Ultra HD resolution and supports Dolby Vision as well as HDR10 and HLG HDR formats. Uh, you get a 60Hz refresh rate, uh, so that's about average uh, refresh rate. Um, there are three HDMI 2.1 ports uh, with eARC uh, and CEC supported. So you can kind of use your TV remote to control other devices that are plugged into it if they're compatible as well, and you can use pass-through for audio and things like that. So say if you plug in a sound bar that's compatible, you can uh, have the audio uh, working with that, and r- you can put it up the sound up and down with the... Or the remote control for the tv and things like that uh depends on the device uh one usb so- usb c socket is also included for powering devices uh like the yet to be released camera accessory coming in 2022 uh, plus the ethernet port and wi-fi 6 uh support uh, there's also a dvb t t2 digital tuner for backup if you lose internet connectivity so you can also can connect uh well you could connect your um your normal antenna to it i suppose and tune in uh, i don't know if it's compatible with um with the free to air channels here and things like that i'm not sure uh sky revealed to Pocketlint that it makes the tv itself but tpv the parent company of tp vision and Philips tv branding in europe makes the led panel so it's a, a f- kind of a phillips uh family uh, panel that's on it which they're good tvs uh, makes the led panel tv supplies many panels to tv manufacturers around the world so it's not unusual uh, in addition sky confirmed that it will regulate up uh, regularly update the tv's hardware every two years with customers having the ability to swap to the latest model the company is also promising to update the software swap the whole tv as well to the latest tv hardware every two years okay so if you're part, I, I think it's on a subscription so every 2 years they're going to they're going to swap out the TV customers have the ability to swap to the latest model the company is also promising to update the software with the with new features each year much like apple and google does with ios and android respectively according to the company's um ceo there is a product roadmap marked out for 2025 already in terms of audio skyglass has six speakers built in offering three one two channel arrangement with uh, three outwards firing speakers uh, up to 215 watts that's a lot actually for a a built-in speaker system that's very good Uh, a central subwoofer and two upwards firing speakers uh, it supports 360 degree Dolby Atmos for a TV. That's very good. That's uh, that's very high. In fairness, I've I've had um, most external speakers you get wouldn't even be that high. You'd have to uh, shop around to get ones with more than 215. Like most of the fairly decent sound bars are still only 100 150 watts. So that's quite good uh, power wise, anyway. Uh, and it's 360 Dolby three to one channeling. Yeah, so that sounds like a good sound system built in. Uh, there are also a number of viewing modes that the company has worked on with Sky's own in-house production teams to optimize the picture depending on the content. Uh, how much does Skyglass cost? And uh, the only thing that's missing there, screen-wise, is OLED as well. Uh, it would, uh, would have been better to have OLED, but OLED are still expensive, I suppose. Um, so when it comes to the prices, uh, Skyglass can be bought outright for €755.00. Uh, for the small nine hundred ninety nine for the medium and one two nine nine for the large sixty five inch customers can choose to pay via a monthly interest free payment plan if they wish uh, Monthly payment plans come to twenty four or forty eight month contracts and both require an upfront payment of uh thirty one um, euro customers will also need to pay monthly instalments for their sky ultimate subscription which is required for those looking to purchase sky glass also you have to you you pay back for the tv and you have to subscribe as well um to sky ultimate tv subscription uh, sky glass starts from 15 a month for the 43 inch uh, uh that that would be the monthly uh, however five more Uh, For five more, you can increase your size to 55, or you can choose the 65 for 26 a month, Uh, and that would be on a 48-month contract. So 26 a month for 48 months, four years. Yeah, that's a commitment. Um, The table below sees the full pricing. So you can... uh, I was looking up another um, uh, article there just to get the Irish prices, because the first article I had had only the English prices, but it gave uh, information about it. It's on bonkers.ie, so you can see the the full breakdown of the prices uh 48 month contract for the big tv with the with the subscription then on top of it as well so but uh, look, you you don't have to pay for the tv outright i suppose is the way if you wanted to pay for it weekly kind of thing Uh, it's a way of doing it price wise for the tv um all depends on you know if you just want to buy say if you want to If you already have a skybox and you just want to add on a TV or to upgrade your TV um, without it, you're not bothered if it's built in or not. Uh, You can get like a 65 inch TV for if you shop around for under 500 euro uh, with a kind of a panel that would be fairly it might it might have the sound system built in, but you could buy a a speaker with a fairly good sound system or a, a surround sound system as well for a uh, for a good bit cheaper than what that would be but it all depends on what what you want if you want the built-in package and and the pay monthly kind of thing or it all depends on what you want but um that's the that's a f- fairly decent uh description of it anyway in the these two articles i hit up so uh yeah, it's oh yeah, just things to watch out for. Actually, might be handy as well. Broadband is an essential component for a Sky Glass service. However, customers don't need to have a Sky broadband service to sign up. Oh, so you don't need Sky broadband, but you need a good broadband. Uh, your connection will need to have a minimum of ten mb per second, uh, because this is all ran. It's not ran through uh, dishes anymore. Now it's ran through uh, the internet. So. Uh, highest uh, for UHD content, what most people should have at this stage. Well, it depends <laughs> depends on where you are. As for a broadband connection, customers will also be required to sign in uh, sign up to Sky Ultimate TV subscription. Yeah, so that'll be another one on top of the TV. Now, so I uh, hope you've enjoyed that. I'll just see what's my first article for today. Uh, Meta is planning more paid features for Facebook and Instagram. A-, a new team will be tasked with building paid experiences across Meta's apps. Uh, I was listening to Mark Zuckerberg on the Joe Rogan podcast, actually. He was uh, it, it, When you're doing long form content it humanizes people a lot more but you know and he seemed like an okay guy and things like that but you know what the company has done i suppose over the years has been has been mixed there's been a lot of controversies and things uh, with them but it is a huge task for a person like zuckerberg to you know to keep control of a company that's so vast and what did they say three billion over three billion people using it and to try to you know to (laughs) <laughs> keep order uh, ordering that chaos. Uh, it can't be easy, I suppose. Uh, so Meta is setting up a product organization uh, to identify and build possible paid features for Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. According to an internal memo sent to employees last week, it was obtained by The Verge. Uh, the new division is Meta's first serious foray into building paid features across its main social apps, uh, all three of which boast billions of users. It's being set up after Meta's ad businesses uh, ad business was severely hurt by Apple's ad tracking changes on iOS and a broader pullback in digital ad spending. Uh, the group called New Monetization Experiences <laughs> will be led by Prati Ray- Ray Chorduri, uh who was previously Meta's head of research. Uh, in an interview with The Verge, Meta's VP of Monetization overseeing the group, John he- uh, Hedgman, said the company is still committed to growing its ads business and that has no plans to make people to pay to turn off ads on its apps Uh, i think we do see opportunities to build like kind of that's what youtube does really i suppose uh that's the main reason why i pay for youtube well i i kind of set it up as an alternative to spotify as well the youtube music which is also included but the main reason is (laughs) just no ads anymore it's great um see opportunities to build new types of products, features and experiences that people would be willing to pay for and excited to pay for. Uh, He said he declined to elaborate on paid features that were being considered. These microtransactions seem to be the big thing nowadays. Car companies are doing it. Was it the likes of BMW that were like uh, charging to turn on your heated seats on your car that has heated seats built in but won't work unless you pay for them and Yeah, there's all these microtransactions they're trying to build into everything nowadays. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, that's what Facebook is doing now. They're looking for new areas of monetization after losing some of their revenue. Uh, Watch OS 9 brings advanced running features to Apple Watch. The biggest leap to run tracking comes uh, to the Apple Watch, uh, the biggest one since it launched. Apple Watch OS 9 is expected to be released in September and there's a lot of new features to be excited about. The new OS brings upgraded sleep tracking, new watch faces and advanced tracking for runners. Uh, This looks to be the biggest leap in running features on the Apple Watch since it launched. There are new workout views including heart uh, rate, zone tracking and elevation, Uh, enhanced custom workouts, multi-sport features and much more. To see these upgrades in action watch, so there's a video included on CNET. Uh, So there's new workout views. The OS lets you to uh, swap between multiple tracking views, which uh, while exercising with the built-in workout app, there are two customizable uh, metric views, which has space for four metrics, and it can be swapped out for a list of information. Uh, Cadence, distance, pace, duration, and more. Uh, That is most important to you on your run, or whatever is most important to you on your run. So that's very interesting. It really breaks down your run. Uh, Apple has introduced four new metrics with its new OS, uh, vertical oscillation, uh, stride length, ground, contact time, and power. I suppose it's like something that maybe... um, Uh, You could either either learn to understand it or it could be something that might suit like athletes and things like that, uh, professional athletes and things. So, um, yeah, in addition to heart rate zones, there are separate workout views for segments, splits, elevation, gain, power and activity rings. Uh, Workout views can be cycled through using the different uh, using the dial or swiping up uh, and down. Each of these views can be turned on or off and reordered for all custom workouts. So if you return to the same workout, it will retain its layout each time you use it. Uh, So that's pretty cool. Some of the new things they've added to Apple Watch. Uh, Snapchat to cut 20% of staff. uh, They're cancelling projects in a cost-cutting effort. Uh, Snapchat has said it will lay off 20% of all staff and shut down projects, including mobile games and novelties like a flying drone camera as high inflation and deteriorating economy ravage its advertising industry. Um, The cuts uh, will help the company to save an estimated $500 million in costs annually, Snapchat said. The company said it will focus on improving sales and the number of Snapchat users. Uh, The clear and defining action to refocus this business has reassured investors, says Paolo Pescatore, uh, an analyst at PP Foresight. Uh, analysts and investors have viewed Snapchat um, as an early indicator for trends affecting other social media platforms. Uh, Snapchat is usually first to report quarterly earnings or prove, uh, provide business updates. Also, there, they think that the other ones are going to be following suit. Uh, Snapchat is warning in May that it could it would miss its revenue targets due to worsening economic conditions, sparked a sell-off in social media stocks. Uh, revenue growth so far in the third quarter is up eight percent from the previous year which is well below what we were expecting uh chief executive it's weird you know these companies are we're up on what we were but it's very bad that we're up that we're we're up we're not up enough (laughs) if that growth rate holds it would be the slowest revenue growth snap that Uh, has they have had since becoming a public company in 2017 a far cry from the triple digit growth rates it had recorded in previous quarters Uh, so snapchat is slowing down but this might only be the start of um because they're the first ones to declare uh, it might only be the start of other social media companies uh, having the same outcomes, possibly. Uh, NASA solves a mystery glitch on the 1970s uh, Voyager 1 spacecraft. The most distant spacecraft from Earth has been feeling its age. Uh, Interstellar. It's not just the name of a blockbuster sci-fi movie, it's the reality of the Voyager 1 spacecraft, a 45-year-old explorer that's been investigating the cosmos outside of our solar system and weathering some of the problems that come from age and distance. On Tuesday, NASA JPL announced that the Voyager team had tracked down the source of a pesky data glitch. Uh, NASA shared the glitch issue in May, calling it a mystery. Voyager 1 was sending back weird, garbled telemetry data from its um, Attitude Articulation and Control Systems, AACS, uh, which is uh, responsible for positioning the spacecraft and making sure its antenna is pointed in the right direction to communicate with Earth. However, the probe seemed to be operating normally. It's tough to diagnose and fix a problem with Voyager 1 because it is so far away, but the team figured it out. The AACS had started sending the telemetry data through an onboard computer known to have stopped working years ago, and the computer corrupted the information. NASA uh, JPL said in a statement the fix involved telling the AACS to switch back to the correct computer for sending data. Uh, While the solution sounds simple, the glitch hints at why... um, hints at the possibility of a deeper problem engineers don't know why the glitch cropped up in the first place but another computer sending a faulty command could be the culprit uh, voyager project manager suzanne dodd said the team is cautiously, cautiously optimistic but will continue to investigate the issue uh, voyager and its twin voyager 2 launched in 1977 are bo- and are both outside of the solar system Uh, The NASA Voyager Twitter account, which is run uh, in the voice of the spacecraft, tweeted, the team has declared me healthy, (laughs) which is great because I still have more interstellar exploring to do. Uh, So that's good. They were able to turn it off and turn it on again. (laughs) And they they sorted it out for, for a to the moment my phone is a bit like that at the moment it's crashing and i restarted and then it's okay again uh but it's it's not it's not going good <laughs> uh but yeah it'll keep me going for the next while anyway uh, samsung's first oled gaming monitor doesn't need a pc or console attached so they're all at it now the uh, samsung are doing a, uh, one as well now uh, the oled g8 is not particularly d- uh, related to the neo g8 uh, Samsung has announced its first OLED gaming monitor, the 34-inch Odyssey OLED G8, is also one of the company's first gaming monitors we've seen that includes Samsung's gaming hub, which lets people stream games from services like NVIDIA's GeForce Now, Google Stadia, or Xbox Game Pass without the need for a console or PC. A uh, feature which also lets you stream movies from services like Amazon Prime, Netflix. And the recently upgraded Samsung TV Plus has been available on Samsung Smart Monitor line, but those aren't really built for gaming. But while it seems like a totally reasonable display, uh, it is in, in its own right. There are a few confusing things about it, as well as important unknowns. Uh, let's put those to the side for a second, though, and look at the OLED G8 specs. It's three. Uh, 1444 by 1440 panel uh, pixels Uh, can run at 175 hertz refresh rate and it has a 1800r curve which is a relatively flat when compared to monitors like the 1000r curved uh, odyssey g9 and lg's oled gaming monitor the ultra gear uh 4 5 gr 95 qe they love their long names it also supports amd's free sync premium which helps to reduce stuttering or uh tearing while gaming up uh gaming by dynamically adjusting the monitor's refresh rate to keep up with your gpu What your GPU is putting out. Uh, The monitor also comes with a height and tilt adjustable stand and has 5 watts uh, stereo built in. Yeah, see, I was talking earlier about the, like, 270 watts or whatever. That's a lot. Well, of course, it's only a gaming monitor, but still. um, It has a... 5 watt speaker built in but the refresh rate is the the sky glass one was 63 hertz and this is 175 hertz refresh rate it just means it's smoother action and smoother movement in movies or games or anything like that so Uh, in addition to its game and video streaming hub the oled g8 can also talk and control iot Devices using Samsung SmartThings app. The company also says the monitor has an upgraded version of its Core Lighting Plus system, which uses lights on the back of the monitor to splash your wall with colors uh, to match what's on your screen in terms of ports. The monitor has micro HDMI 2.1, mini display port 1.4, and USB C. So it doesn't have full HDMI, as micro HDMI. Uh, using the micro and mini variants of the display connectors on such a big monitor is a bit odd but there are a lot of slightly strange things about this odyssey for the first uh first is the name uh the neo g8 but to, uh, i i assumed it was uh, a continuation from the neo g8 but it wasn't uh but two monitors aren't really all that similar uh so there's a picture of it, it looks cool all right uh, it's, as i say it's not a heavily curved screen which is probably better i think uh slightly curved for gaming is good. Uh, But yeah, that's the new uh, LG OLED panel. Uh, It sounds pretty good. Did it it give a price for it? No, there's no price on the article anyway uh, in The Verge. Uh, Asus ZenBook Fold OLED review. The coolest folding screen laptop you'll never buy. (laughs) Flexible screen laptops are here. uh, But for now, they're mostly expensive show-off pieces. So this is a... it looks like a normal laptop, but it's all one screen. The screen bends, and there's no keyboard. It's just a it's just one big screen. So I presume it can go flat into like this massive tablet. Uh, that just it's just a massive tablet that folds up pretty much. Uh, you can stand it on its side. Yeah, uh, By bending it a small bit and it'll be able to stand up. Uh, I don't know if it comes with a stand or whatever, but uh, it has yeah, cameras built in. It's just like a huge tablet. Just imagine a, a <laughs> massive tablet that just folds in the middle. Uh, so I presume it's going to be very expensive. That's a lot of, because uh, f- foldable screens are dear and that's a big foldable screen. Uh, the Asus ZenBook Fold is a true transformer of a PC. It's equal parts tablet, laptop, and desktop. And unlike many other hybrid products, it's pretty good at all three. The key is the big 17-inch foldable display, even if that technology is still in its early days. Uh, Folding screen phones like Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold 4 and Z Flip 4 are well into their third or fourth generation hardware and have been steadily improving since their initial release. But folding screen laptops like the Asus ZenBook Fold are still mostly first gen, Uh, 1.5 if we're being generous. I say 1.5 because it comes roughly two years after the first folding screen laptop went on sale, the Lenovo X1 Fold. And while the Asus version makes some improvements and offers some upgrades over the early uh, Lenovo iteration, it carries over many of the same shortcomings. The biggest leap is the display. In the new Asus foldable, it's 17.3 inches screen and even better, it's a 2560 by 1920 pixel OLED display, which is great for both image quality and battery life yes it's a flexible screen it's basically oled under plastic which isn't always virtually uh, visually ideal but it looks great uh, as a 17 inch oled tablet it has um, it had better look great this 17 inch laptop with a 12 gen intel i7 u-series cpu 16 giga ram and one terabyte ssd which costs 3500 well yeah i suppose it's a uh, it's the ultimate gimmick, though, isn't it? If you're out, uh, if you're in an airport or you're in a cafe or something, and you open this, uh, looks what looks like a laptop, and it's a big foldable, <laughs> bendable screen. Uh, it kind of stands out, all right, But that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of money. The specs are pretty good, though, um, for a kind of a. 1200 euro laptop <laughs> that costs 3500 but it's the screen you're paying for uh, uh the kind of prototypish expensive machine that a ceo of a company would insist on having just to show off yeah exactly yeah but the rest of us wouldn't be able to justify Yeah, that's it pretty much if you have more, Let's see the the likes and dislikes. Uh, So the likes are huge 16 inch folding display. OLED screen is excellent for media, works as a laptop, tablet or desktop and excellent battery life. And the don't likes are it's expensive, it's thick and heavy and slim physical keyboard touchpad isn't great. Um, So there is a physical keyboard. How how does that? uh, Does it pop out or something? Or is it? part of it no it's shown that the whole thing looks like a screen to me but or oh, maybe it pops out or something or it's a maybe it's just a touchpad or maybe it's built in under the screen that you can kind of feel the buttons underneath the screen or something i don't know um but yeah look if i was uh if i was after winning the euro millions i'd definitely get one of them <laughs> but in my normal life nah, uh no it's it's a lot um, new launch attempt Saturday for NASA's moon rocket is official. Uh, NASA, so NASA, we're trying to launch this rocket. It's one of the biggest rockets they've ever made, I think. Outside of, uh, it's one of the biggest ever made uh, outside of Elon Musk's biggest rocket, the new one he's building. I think it's it's up there with like as big as the moon landing ones, or uh, bigger than them even. Uh, will make a second attempt to launch. So it's going to it's planning to launch. It's a practice run for going back to the moon. Uh, it's going to launch and go around near the moon and back to Earth again. I think that's the plan. NASA will make a second attempt to launch its powerful new moon rocket on Saturday after scrubbing a test flight earlier this week. An official has said. A blast-off has been planned for Monday morning, but was cancelled because of a uh, test. Because a test to get one of the rocket's four RS-25 engines to the proper temperature range for launch was not successful, Mike Sarafin, mission manager of Artemis One at NASA, announced the date of the new launch attempt, a key step in the U.S.'s program to return astronauts to the moon. During a media briefing on on Yesterday, Uh, the goal of Artemis one named after the twin sister of Apollo is uh, to test the 98 meter space launch system uh, rocket and Orion crew capsule that sits on top. Uh, The mission is uncrewed mannequins equipped with sensors are standing in for astronauts and will record acceleration, vibration and radiation levels. Uh, Tens of thousands of people, including U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris, had gathered to watch the launch. Uh, which comes uh, 50 years after Apollo 17 astronauts set foot on the moon. Uh, so they were all there for the launch, but it didn't go ahead. But hopefully it'll go ahead this time. Uh, Phillips Hue, new light lights guide bulbs have landed. Uh, so Phillips Hue are famous for they had uh, all these custom lights that you can use with voice activation and can, you can, uh, they make TVs that, uh, like we were talking about with that monitor earlier, that, uh, shines light from the back of the monitor to match what's on the screen. Um, they have been doing that for years with TVs and stuff, uh, and it works quite well and depends on the TV situation, but, uh, generally it works fairly well. It just adds a bit of depth to your, uh, movie. If you're in the dark and it's turned off and there's a good movie on and someone is flying shining like a flashlight around the place and it's shining on the wall behind you as well, it's pretty cool, you know, uh, in the right situations, um, So they have a new lights guide bulbs. Uh, So let's see what this is about. Plus a new uh, tunable white filament bulb and a music sync integration with Samsung SmartThings. Uh, It's official. Philips Hue's uh, gorgeous lights guide bulbs are real. Uh, Signify, which owns Philips Hue, uh, announced a new white and color ambience light bulbs at the IFA Tech Conference in Berlin this week, confirming The Verge's earlier report of the imminent arrival of the oversized dimmable smart bulbs designed for open lighting fixtures. Uh, Other new products incoming to Hue's smart lighting line include the Hue Play Gradient Light Strip for PCs, a slimmer down, right, down light for low profile ceilings and a tunable white filament candle uh, bulb. Sig- uh, Signify also announced a partnership with Samsung SmartThings to sync music with your smart lights. Uh, the new feature for its Hue app, including the ability to set automatic away lighting, which uh, Hue is calling Mimic Presence Lighting. Uh, so if you're away on holidays or something, it can, it can make it look like you're still at home. Uh, the Lights Guide bulbs are the first real statement uh, lighting bulbs from Hue. With a distinct contemporary design, the bulbs come in three shapes, large globe, uh, ellipse, and triangular, and can be paired with a specifically designed uh, pendant cord, available in white and black. Uh, so they're normal screw-in bulbs, but they're, um, they're they have all the Hue technology built into them. Each bulb has a glowing inner tube that diffuses light and each sports a glossy finish designed to make the bulb shine more brightly. So you can just change color, you can customize them with music and you can do all that kind of stuff. Uh, The bulbs bulbs cost $74.99 to $89.99 each and the cords are 50 quid uh, that's in dollars and are coming later this year. The Philips Hue White Ambient Filament Bulb adds tunable white light so you can adjust from warm to cool uh, white light. It's coming on September 13th to Europe and North America for 44.99. or in a two-pack for 64.99. So that's some of the new stuff that's coming out from Philips Hue. Uh, the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power review: An epic return to Middle Earth. So I've heard extremely re- mi- mixed reviews from this. Um, I've heard uh, a YouTuber who does a lot of uh, movie reviews and stuff this morning. Went to like a cinema to see a nearly screener of the new TV show, The the uh, Rings of Power, and said it was like uh, a, a TV, made for TV movie that the the special effects were good in some parts, but other parts were like uh, the original Lord of the Rings movies from, how did they 15 years ago now, 10, 10, 15 years ago, had better special effects. 2011 was it, they came out or something like that, the first one uh so there were, there were very um mixed reviews that that the acting was a bit hammy and and it also it didn't fi- it, it didn't follow the original lore of the the show but then i have this article on cnet uh Says it's given it a positive review uh, the new Lord of the Rings TV show. The Rings of Power takes you somewhere you've been before, along with the many familiar elements in this prime video series coming September 2nd, the dwarf stronghold of Khazad-Dum. Uh, if you watched Peter Jackson's classic Lord of the Rings film trilogy, uh, you visited there as a terrifying tomb littered with skeletons festooned with cobwebs and policed by a particularly nasty fire demon. Uh, now long before Gandalf slipped off the edge of a smashed stone bridge uh, it's a bustling kingdom where giant mirrors reflect lights into its depths uh, so it's just going into detail about a specific part of it uh, for established fans of our Tolkien newbies Uh this is uh, the challenge the Rings of Power faces. The last twenty years, the Lord of the Rings trilogy has ingrained itself in mainstream pop culture, from memes about not simply walking into Mordor to Gollum's impressions. Uh, some never left Middle Earth, but others. And this question of whether the return is wanted or justified. Uh, to borrow a quote from Galadriel in the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, the Rings of Power seems to understand that it is the quest uh, that its quest stands upon the edge of a knife. Judging from screeners of the first two episodes provided by um, Prime Video. So Galadriel, I think, is the main character in it. Um, she's very different from the books. Apparently, she's, in this, she's more of a warrior and things like that, uh, and much more active and a general and a leader and all that, kind of where she wasn't in the books. The Rings of Power makes a steady return to Middle-earth, offering all those things that endeared the originals uh, to so many of us with ma- many years ago. The rings of power balances its way uh, as it makes itself accessible to newcomers, fans of the movies and more intense lore fiends. Though it remains to be seen how much the liberties it does take with Tolkien's work um, annoys the hardcore crowd. Yeah, it is. And anno- I was listening to some of the hardcore crowd and they're not happy that there's a lot of it. Uh, a lot of the lore has gone out the window. But they, it's, it's kind of they're kind of forced into it, too, because... Um, the rights that they got from the the Tolkien's uh, the o- people who own the Tolkien's work uh, were very restrictive. They can only use certain books and certain parts of books and certain parts of the lore and all that kind of thing. They can't use certain names. I think they're not allowed to say hobbits, or they're not allowed um, because of re- restrictions. They they have to say harfoots or something. They have to use it, the the other other ones they can't they can't uh, use certain ones and all that kind of thing I'm not sure about that but I know for sure there's there's, uh, there's a lot of restrictions on them so uh, yeah so it's kind of mixed reviews Uh, do you know what the best things to do is when it comes out watch yourself and make up your own mind That's that's what I say about everything there was a lot of um anticipation as well that the new um house of the dragons it's called the new game of thrones tv show it was getting mixed uh, previews we'll say we're not sure if it's going to be good or bad and generally across the board it's got fairly good reviews the first two episodes i've watched both of them and i really liked them as well uh, good introduce, especially the first episode re- introduced the characters really well uh, and set up you know what looks like could be good drama and good kind of politics and stuff going on uh, in the traditional real Game of Thrones real sense of it, uh, it g- games going on between different characters and things like that um, it does look very interesting so uh, I've been enjoying that so far and hopefully when I get to see because it's only the pre-screenings at the moment so the the new Lord of the Rings show in the next few days uh, it should be good hopefully Uh, Hopefully I'm on the side of the people that like it Rather than the ones that don't Uh, Twitter circle now available to all users Uh, Twitter circle The social media platforms tool That allows users to tweet to smaller groups of people Has become available to all users For the first time the feature has been tested uh, among select users since May, uh, but Twitter has now rolled it out to everyone on both its Android and iOS apps and via web browsers. Circle enables users to build a group of 150 up to 150 followers to become part of their circle, uh, with users being able to choose on a tweet-by-tweet basis whether to post something publicly or just in their circle. Uh, the social media platform says the response from testing so far has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, with Twitter Circle, people now have the flexibility to choose who can see and engage their content on a tweet-by-tweet basis. It makes, this makes it easier to have more intimate conversations and build closer connections with select followers, the company said in its blog post. I suppose it's handy in some ways, all right. Um, say if I was on Twitter and I'm into a certain, say I have a normal Twitter I have a lot of followers and some of my followers are like just family and friends and things like that. And other followers then are like whatever sport I'm into, or do you know, like I'm into mixed martial arts and things like that. Um, so, and I have a lot of, my brother included is a mixed martial arts journalist and mixed martial arts media and fighters and, and all everything in between. And, uh, You know, I'd often be tweeting about that, which wouldn't have much interest to my sister or to my cousin or to friends of mine that are not into it. Uh, So it would be handy to have a group that say, oh, that fight was very good tonight or I thought this guy won or that guy won. uh, And just for it to be aimed at the, the MMA community that I follow and things like that. So that would be cool. I don't know if you'd have to set it up specifically and choose all the people one by one. I presume you do, but uh, it's kind of a good idea, right? I think it's handy. Uh, Sony Xperia 5 IV, um, 5 IV is four or five. Before it is four, yeah, before the V is four and after the V is five, isn't it? I think that's the Roman numerals. I'm trying to remember how to read it. Uh, so Sony Xperia 5 Four. 5 part 4 puts powerful features they always they always have bad naming for their phones sony have for some reason they had xperia 1 as well was that not like last year or something uh, puts powerful features in all three rear cameras a uh, triple threat um sony is renewing its compact phone for another season with the announcement of the xperia 5 4 it's a step down from the um 1 4 yeah so i knew it was called one the one four uh, in size price and features but shares the same emphasis on um parity across its camera system that means all three of the phone's rear cameras standard wide ultra wide and tele telephoto include the company's excellent real-time eye autofocus for better portraits and are capable of super fast burst shooting speeds even at hdr enabled it has other flagship specs to go back um, to back up its camera features too and comes with an equally flagship price of 999 dollars uh, the Xperia 5.4, side note that they are going to call next, <laughs> what are they going to call next year's phone? Uh, the 5.5 <laughs> includes a uh, 24mm equivalent standard wide, 16mm equivalent ultra wide and 60mm equivalent telephoto on the rear panel. The tele lens is fixed by the way, it's not the optical zoom lens uh, in the 1.5 Um Each uses a 12 megapixel sensor, a lower resolution than most uh, 50 or even 100 megapixel flagship cameras these days. Even Apple uh, looks at it like uh, it will start moving away from 12 megapixels. Uh, Sony spokesperson L. Dean Nod says it's international move. it's It's an intentional move to make those high readout speeds possible uh, on all of its cameras and to maximize how light sensitivity with bigger pixel maximize light sensitivity with bigger pixel Um, each of the rear cameras is capable of 120 frames per second readout speeds enabling video recording at 4k 120 p on each one they can also shoot still photos at 120 frames per second with autofocus auto exposure and hdr enabled there's also a new 12 megapixel sensor in the selfie camera so the zoom lens that we're talking about so isn't really it's a fixed lens it doesn't zoom but you just crop the photo uh it just crops it so it's an optical zoom or it's a, it's not an optical it's a digital zoom so that's a pity for a, a ca- for a camera company that makes a lot of lenses with optical zooms they could have put together a good periscope zoom or something like that outside of photography features the Xperia 5 uh, five includes uh, or five four <laughs> includes a six point one inch, ten eighty p oled with one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate and a tall twenty one to nine form factor, and a snapdragon eight gen one chipset five thousand milliamp hour battery, uh, now with wireless charging. It comes with eight gig of ram and one hundred twenty eight gig of storage and an ip sixty five to sixty eight rating, and it hangs onto a couple of fast disappearing. hardware features a headphone jack and a micro sd card slot uh, which is good Uh, there's a sub 6 gigahertz 5g support no millimeter wave and a new also some 5g won't work properly with it uh, i will work with a slower something like that maybe and a set of new more powerful stereo speakers on the hands on the handset Uh, it's scheduled to ship on october 27th so that'll be the new one coming out yeah, it's always Sony kind of go most of the way there, but don't go all the way there. And they never, if it just felt if they kind of added on or sorted out a few more different specs. And I think if I could give, I, uh, if I could give Sony a list of specs uh, to hit, that they'd they'd go they'd jump to number one. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know, you need to do this and do this and do this, and put the periscope camera in the. the you know sort a few different things out faster charging and uh put put the price as uh do a smaller one for like 500 quid and the biggest one for like 800 quid and you'll be the number one phone on the market uh but no no i just, uh, just i the sony and me because they're they're really good but they're they're almost there they're just they're just missing you're always missing something that stops people from buying them in mass and it's the price is a lot of it as well i suppose uh, bitcoin has dropped below twenty thousand uh, dollars over the weekend continuing a drop that has taken it down nearly sixty percent from its year high uh, and it was even more before that uh, bitcoin the world's biggest and best known cryptocurrency was last down Uh, 1.5% at $19,946 on Saturday, down $298 from its previous close. Uh, It's down... Fifty-seven, fifty-eight point seven percent from the year high of uh, 48,234 hit on March the 28th. Ether, the the coin linked to the Ethereum blockchain network, uh, meanwhile dipped 2.76% to 1,467.2, losing uh, 41.60 from its previous close. Uh, So yeah, that's the Bitcoin is going down a lot. Uh, all the different cryptocurrencies are not, are not doing well at the moment that's why uh, more CPUs and stuff are coming onto the market so every cloud I suppose uh, The Last of Us PS5 remake uh, or GPUs, sorry because they used to use GPUs for mining they still use GPUs for mining but they're, they're not buying them as much as they were and there's a lot of them coming back onto the market uh, The Last of Us PS5 remake uh, makes it feel like a modern game it might not be strictly necessary but it's still nice uh, the original last of us uh, which is a, a post apocalyptic kind of uh, zombie video game a uh, very very good game uh, was it debuted on the ps3 in 2013 and was remastered for the ps4 just a year later but here we are less than a decade from its debut and the game is already being remade a new newly christened the last of us part 1 takes the original experience the one that helped make naughty dog the, um one of gaming's most revered studios and makes it feel uh, comfortably at home on the PS5. In fact, the new version takes the game and uh, play uh, a lot like its controversial sequel. In some uh, ways, The Last of Us Part 1 seems superfluous, uh, given the relatively young age of the original, which is still very accessible. It's not like the PS4 remaster doesn't hold up, but after spending time with the remake, I have to say it's also... Uh, ...the best way to experience this classic. Uh, The basics of the game remain the same. As always, it stands out with Joel's harrowing introduction to the zombie... ...sorry, I mean infected (laughs) apocalypse... ...before fast-forwarding two decades to when he's introduced to a young girl named Ellie. And after a lengthy trek through hell, forced to make an impossible choice... ...that story along with the standalone prequel left behind remains intact in the remake if you play the original there is no surprises here the gameplay meanwhile is still a mix of stealth combat lots of shootouts and navigating environmental puzzles with plenty of conveniently placed ladders and wooden planks Uh, that's handy it's like uh, i'm actually playing um and i've been playing for a long time do you know in a way i know computer games are expensive but if you get a good one, uh, it, there, are, I think at this stage you now it has to be value for money is Ghost of Tsushima, where you're a samurai in in like uh, ancient uh, Japan, uh, where it's been invaded by the Mongol army, and you have to kind of free one town at a time, or you have s- certain missions, and you're just you can walk around the map, you can go anywhere you want, it's open world, but on the, the map you have different missions and different things, and. Uh, you kind of, I finished with Tsushima, the island, and I went on to a different island, and then I went back to Tsushima again, and then there's, it, it just keeps going and going, and there's always stuff, you're never bored, there's always stuff to be done on it, and, you know, once you free your uncle from prison, there's another mission to be done, and uh, another uh, kind of castle to be freed, and the open world mission, but, I, you know, yeah, it's months after I bought it, and I'm still playing it, Uh, all the time you know I still play maybe once every couple of days and I play it for an hour or two and you know there's still there's still loads to be done and so in a way they're good value for money Uh, you know sometimes games would be big as well but you get bored of them but uh, this game I've never gotten bored with it's that and um, maybe the Tomb Raider games and most uh, I think highest of all is the Uncharted games that's kind of ones that got me into those kind of games um have been uh have been good value for money i think racing games as well before that you know uh, gran turismo although the newest one i did all the original missions and it kind of just there wasn't much more to be done and, and and the ones that were left were kind of impossible kind of ones that you need to be playing for like eight hours to finish them and there's a lot of um the obsolescence and are not obsolescence but the timing your car to do, you i like i got a car that was fast enough to win the race but it drank petrol too much and I just kept uh, running out of petrol and i had to i have to keep filling it up every two laps and then everybody passes me out when i'm in the pits and so it's you know i prefer to keep it more simple i they should just have a mode where you you want a fun mode where it's just do all the same races but you you, your petrol never runs out or something i just want to drive you know i don't want to have to think too much about it you know but thinking too much of thinking about it does work with the with the although it's more fluid in the likes of ghost of tsushima you're just you're just a person out and about and you're doing your missions and um very good and there's good upgrades along the way and yeah very enjoyable kind of fluid experience uh so i would say uh, i would definitely recommend ghost of tsushima as a game as a computer game if you're into those kind of tomb raider uncharted all those it's as good as and it's absolutely beautiful the some of the best graphics i've ever seen i've done a few you know you can set up to take screenshots and the the like and there's different missions where you're on in like a poppy field and you have a, a kind of a one on one combat with a, another samurai or there's a one where it's in the rain. It's so well done. The The graphics nowadays are really improved a lot. So, uh, yeah, uh, very good now. Uh, when is House of the Dragon, Dragon episode 3 released? Oh, so this is just another thing. We spoke a little bit about that already. Uh, it says when the next episode it will be on in the next uh, Sky UK uh, as the show airs on Sky UK at 2am. Uh, meaning those in the West Coast can watch three hours earlier uh, on the streaming service. Those in UK, Ireland will have to stay up late as the show airs on Sky UK at 2am. Uh, the next day, uh, Australia, it'll air on Foxtel and Binge, So, uh, so it airs what day? Meaning those, in the, in this, it says the time of the day, but it doesn't say what day. House Dragons, nine, so it'll be on at two o'clock in the morning on Sunday, looks like. So Sunday into Monday morning, is that it? Uh, 9 p.m. So yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, you have to, if you're up late <laughs> Sunday night up to 2 a.m., you can watch the new episode of House of the Dragon. Uh, it'll be on, it'll be available on Sky then. And, uh, last few bits and pieces before uh, so it's back to school gift guide so let's see quickly what some of the gifts they're uh saying for kids and stuff moleskin classic notebook uh, tried and true staple of any student moleskin notebooks are a great way to jot down some homework assignments so they can be got on amazon they're 17 to 21 quid roku streaming stick 4k I don't know what that have to do with school. Easiest way to ensure you always have access to your favorite streaming apps. So if you're having a break from your homework, Uh, Logitech C920S, it's a compact and inexpensive way to drastically improve your Zoom game uh, with built-in cameras. So if you need... um, Cameras for your school and things like that for doing uh, remote learning and things like that. Uh, This article in The Verge has recommended the C920S Logitech camera, 60 quid. And Nintendo Switch Lite. There's a lot of things to distract you from your homework uh, for going back to school, which is weird. Uh, But I suppose it's a a gift. Uh, So it's just something that uh, after all the hard work is done, you can enjoy, I suppose. And Nintendo Switch Lite, uh, 200 quid. Uh, Apple iPhone 13. That's, these are expensive gifts as well. <laughs> They're not cheap. Uh, Black & Decker Dustbuster, if you have to clean your room uh, after you do your homework, that's a, a little Dustbuster uh, handy little thing as well. Apple Air tags. so you can put one on your school bag and on your bits and pieces in case you lose them. You can track them down using an Air tag. There's uh, Android versions and there's different versions as well uh, of these tags that you can get. You can get uh, like a credit card one and all those. Uh, LL Bean bought and taught is a post uh, plastic post plastic lam- landscape a solid tote bag is practically a necessity. Luckily um This fashionable and durable one from LL Bean is available in a variety of sizes and colors. So if you want to put your lunch into that and stuff, Anchor 735 charger, the Anchor 75 charger might be the last charger you'll ever need. Uh, The handy 65 watt device includes a pair of USB-C ports and a USB-A port, allowing you to juice up all your devices simultaneously. What's more, the chargeable is capable of dynamically adjusting the wattage it provides to a given device thanks to Anchor's IQ charging tech and lets the adapter top off everything from headphones to laptops without losing efficiency. Uh, so that's a handy charger. Uh, $43.99 to 59 99 uh, Echo Show 5, the second generation. So that's a, you'd have the Google speakers or Google um, screen with speakers as well. So uh, either of those, or I think uh, Apple do one as well. Uh, Vornado V Fan Mini Classic. This is like a, looks like a 1950s va- fan, but it's in the shape of like a, Uh, A jet engine on a plane, kind of the front part of it. So it looks really cool. Little little fan, 40 quid. The Vornado V-Fan Mini Classic. It looks cool if you need a fan. A small, like, table fan. Uh, Apple Watch SE, uh, 229 quid plus. The Fujifilm Instax Mini 11. Also, this is the little um, instant cameras. I think I have one of the older, or my wife has one of the older ones, the Mini 8. Uh, so this is three generations on from that one. Uh, but much the same thing, really. They're handy uh, instant cameras. You buy the packs of, uh, they're not cheap. Is it about 10 euro for 10, um, about a euro each for the the f- uh, photograph cartridges? Um, for the photographs, the cartridges, a pack of 10 is 10 euro, something like that. Uh, Casio A168WEMB-1BVT. <laughs> it's a very easy name to remember. Uh, it's a new uh, vintage, well, at least this stylish watch from Casio has a vintage look, I guess. Uh, it may not pack a blood oxygen monitor, and SBO2 sensor or any of that exciting tech that comes in a smartwatch, but its classic design makes it an excellent accent piece that pairs with just about any outfit. Yeah, it's a nice looking watch, actually, yeah. Yeah. It's a long name though. Uh, this article is on The Verge as well if you want to look up any of this stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. There's a few other bits and pieces, but wireless chargers and stuff. But um, that's been Tech Thursday. That's my time now. That's been Tech Thursday for today. As always, you can call zero six nine double six two hundred, or you can text or WhatsApp zero eight seven one double six nine eight hundred, or email patrick102fm at com, and leave your questions and I'll answer them on the next show. Hope you've enjoyed Tech Thursday. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. Peace. You're listening to Tech Thursday on Westermer 102 FM.